Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Podcast Monday. I have skipped a week or two, but I am back and I'm super excited to be here today with a very special friend and guest and someone that has already been on the podcast. Uh, Welcome to Bridget today. Thanks for having me, Marin. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about all this new stuff with you and kind of continue where we left off. We were we were saying beforehand, we don't know how many years ago it was that we did a podcast together, which I'll link to. And it was all about veganism. And, you know, you were super helpful, as I think, you know, probably a lot of people contacted you, I would imagine, over the years. Um, it was a really great podcast for pregnant women that are vegan, that were vegan, looking for lots of fun ideas. You were just chock full of them. And it was a really great podcast that people still listen to. So thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Awesome. Happy to be of help, uh, especially in that category with with the mamas. Yeah, yeah. So things have changed for you personally, right in the ways that you approach food. And I just want to have all the conversations that come up today in the time we have around your experience and why. And, you know, I'm sure I'll share some anecdotes just related to pregnancy. But uh, before we get started, I think the short version, at least nowadays, if you're paying attention or on social media, um, there's definitely like this resurgence of ancestral foods and going back to animal products. So it feels like a really great time to talk about your experience. So why don't you just start wherever feels good? Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, I am like a quintessential person in that category. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was raised vegetarian. Um, and so I didn't even eat meat till I was 18. And then I did for a moment, uh, cause I lived in Europe in my early twenties. And then I went to veganism and I was vegan, hundred percent vegan and gluten-free and often grain-free for eight years. So a pretty like solid stint and background. Um, and then it came to a point, uh, where I, uh, probably like year seven or year eight of it, where on my moon time to rebuild my blood um, or to not like pass out and feel like I was going to die at a certain point. Um, I was needing to eat at least two bags of dulse seaweed and like a whole thing of spirulina every moon time. And just to note in, I am like a psychotic, you know, (laughs) foodie when it comes to making sure that I have everything I need. So, I mean, I really did my utmost but over time especially as women because we're bleeding i think it might be a little bit different for men but as we're bleeding we're losing so much every month that to rebuild all that through um plants 
started to get more challenging at that point. I was like, okay, this is, um, I can keep doing this, you know, myself. And then I came to a point where I made that decision change to start incorporating animal products for the hope or possibility of if I ever want to have kids, it really came down to rebuilding those, uh, you know, levels and which takes years um, for the possibility of kids. And I was like, I, I need to do this. And I could feel it deep uh, intuitively, like in my bones and my body that this was the right approach for me. Hmm. Yeah, I would love to add that you were not the average vegan on top of it, just for people that don't know you, that you are, I'm still, I'm sure still an amazing chef, an amazing artist with food. And I had said many times in knowing you through your vegan years that your food was so delicious that if I was ever forced to go vegan or if that was ever something I decided that I could do it if Bridget would cook for me. So just putting that out there because, you know, there definitely is that spectrum of people, of course, um, doing it all kinds of ways. And in my mind, and from what I saw, you were the most attentive of anyone I had ever seen, pregnant or not. Um, So I think that says a lot if someone like you started to feel in your body that things were getting a little rough after that amount of time. Yeah. And that's honestly where I was at. And so I think that it's good to, to be honest. And I think sometimes like we can bypass that, you know, we can bypass our bodies mm. calls um, even still. But when it comes to something beyond myself, which I think a lot of women understand, you know, it's like, well, but for a child, you know, that's that's like a whole nother level. And say, if I didn't want to have kids, like maybe I would have continued on actually and just been like, you know what, like for the planet, for like just power through, (laughs) I'm going to just keep at this. But um, there's deeper and we can talk about it, but there's deeper, uh, you know, nutrient levels over uh, generations that happens, as well as uh, different levels of energy life force that is passed on through generations And that's part of what I wanted to rebuild, not just the nutrient levels, but that deep, robust energy to pass on to the next generation, which I didn't feel that I could do at at that place, like with my level of veganism. So I love that honesty. And I, of course, have seen women in a similar scenario in pregnancy. And I wanted to ask you about just like emotionally and spiritually in a sense, even considering that. Um, I mean, I see women struggle with that, like for all the reasons that they're vegan or or the way it feels in your body. I remember you and I kind of chatting about that. Uh, how did you possibly entertain this idea of, you know, eating animals um, from those other perspectives? Yeah, I mean, it took me legitimately two years to be able to even hmm. eat, do it <laughs> like because got it got it fully like bound to this other approach to where even like the idea of it made me like gross like it was sickening you know to eat animal products or whatnot but on the spiritually I navigated this through the understanding that we are physical beings we are physical you know animal bodies in a sense but then we have this higher capacity for consciousness 
And so in that, it's like we are spiritual beings, but we are physical beings simultaneously. And the inclusion of the physical actually felt spiritually holistic, which is kind of interesting um, because it's like, well, often we want to like exclude the body or exclude the physical. And it's like, no, it's inclusive. It's an inclusive part of spirit. And so through that process, um, and actually like on, now on the other side of it, as I've incorporated the animal products and, and feel so much more robust in my body, I can handle my capacity for spirit, for consciousness, for overcoming daily things in my life is much more robust. So I actually feel also like I'm a better person and not just hanging by a thread, mm. if you will. Yeah, I love that. It's like the container has gotten stronger to hold more maybe life experience or like you're saying spirit. So I resonate with that. Um, but it's so different in a way from, I don't know how you felt, but I feel like what we hear sometimes about veganism in particular, um, it's so self-righteous in some moments and just like that element of, you know, that's the highest vibration for whatever reason. I don't know where that came from. And maybe you could speak more to just how it felt in your body and how maybe those two things are connected. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it is interesting. And I'm so grateful and I wouldn't, I would have gone off of it earlier so that I wouldn't have to be rebuilding to such a degree, but I'm very happy for the background of veganism and plant-based living because it does truly have a really high vibration. And so I've found as I dive into like animal products that because I have the uh, awareness and the background of like how to approach it, I'm like, oh, my I'm feeling my vibrational, you know, dim or become more like dense and solid, uh, not in just a grounded way, but in kind of like a dimmer way. And so then I go out and I know to reach for, you know, those like plant products and like ju green juices or like some spirulina or some seaweed or some like living food. And I do feel that lift the light vibration. And so I do feel like it's a balance between both, at least for me. I know that, you know, there's sure. full spectrum swings, you know, to like the full carnivore and people are navigating many different things um, physically and such. But for me, I have noticed that continuing to incorporate the plant-based uh, products really does help my like life force light. And then the animal products is like the robust, like I'm like, okay, let's mm. squat down and have a baby. You know, like, like I would have the resilience, you know, I hiked the Grand Canyon three times this year, which is 20 miles in a day, you know, 8,000 foot elevation gain. Like it's a no joke situation. Um, and I can do it. Like, it's just like, yeah, like physically. And, and my friend that I was, you know, Nori, I was hiking it with Nori. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and she was, she was saying like this process, like of hiking the Grand Canyon, she actually did it five months pregnant last time we were doing of course she did. She's really wow. that way. But she was like, this is what birth is like. Like, she's like, this is like, it's this deep, crazy, like long journey um, with your mind, with your body. And uh, if I hadn't started incorporating the animal products, like it's symbolic, but I don't think I would have been able to like fully hike the Grand Canyon. Or maybe I would have been able to, but like the repercussions after would have been a lot. So whether that's like a birth analogy or just like 
uh, a vitality analogy, there's something to uh, the animal products and to the plants. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. And that's really incredible. I love it. I have not hiked the Grand Canyon. So maybe one day. Uh, but yeah, I think it does speak to the longevity of even the childbearing cycle, right? It's like we're not looking just to get a baby out or, you know, have, a, I mean, yes, having, a, getting a baby out is great. Having a healthy nine month pregnancy is great, but we're also looking at the bigger picture of being able to mother with strength and resilience and, you know, our emotions feed into that depending on how depleted we are, like all kinds of things start to come in. So I've felt for a long time that, of course, people can do whatever they want. Uh, everybody should have full autonomy in their own bodies. And this doesn't work for everybody, of course. But over time, have seen in my own practice as a midwife that uh, the vegans just have a harder time at one or more parts of the process. Mm -hmm. And that I couldn't even pinpoint, you know, something um, really specific, like, oh, this thing always happens. It's just like somewhere in the childbearing cycle and into mothering, um, there are difficulties. And, you know, people get angry about that and, and they don't want to hear it. But that's been what I've seen with my own eyes over 15 years. So, you know, I fully support uh, the choice you made and, you know, the choice many women make to start doing that at any point, either before or in their pregnancy. Yeah. Hopefully before, but, you know, yeah. it doesn't always happen. And some of those pieces of looking back, not to, you know, the whole like paleo level of like, you know, really far back, but not that far back. I was listening to the uh, journals of Lewis and Clark, and they were like talking about their first encounters with the indigenous natives here in America. And those natives went, they didn't ever eat the animal muscle. They went straight for the organs. And then they were even saying that the organs were actually first reserve for the women. First oh, wow. time and, yeah. and for like, and for pregnancy. And then, so there's something like uh, deeper in like this building process. And I feel like also spiritually, like as we give our moon blood um, back to the earth, that is like part of the reciprocity of then receiving blood to rebuild us. And there's a communication mm. happening. So even pre-baby or post-baby, there's a lot of that cycle happening that is, that is spiritual, that is beyond just, you know, like, oh, I'm eating some meat. Like there's this whole when sure. we're really connected to it. So I think that that's part of it. And for those that don't want to eat, like, a, like dead animal if like killing is like part of it um so many of the nutrients can be that we need can be reaped through um through just dairy products and through eggs which eggs are like you know i don't know if that's killing or not like how people want to like look at that but many of those right. can be got just from that and so it doesn't have to be the killing part so um, I think that there's adaptive ways of playing with it, but I, I just, you know, I think part of why we're having this conversation is just to kind of like give perspective. Cause it's one thing if it's like, oh yeah, I've been vegan for like six months and I'm going on this road. And it's like, well, let me tell you from like a long time on this road, what this looks like. Yeah, definitely. And that's a huge piece of why I wanted to talk to you about it because you're someone that has that experience and, um, 
yeah, the amount of time, the amount of time that your body was in that state. Uh, let's talk about that because I think that you're saying that does matter. And I know from my perspective, um, if I get somebody, you know, as a new client and they're pregnant and they've only been vegan for a year and they go into that pregnancy that way, uh, you know, how do we even kind of compare outcomes with someone that's been doing it for a decade, right? Because what was your experience with just like what starts to happen in your body or, you know, you were saying even just generation. So there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. The big, the big piece that I like want to like bring to this is uh, in Chinese medicine talking about Jing. So Jing is your deep, robust kidney energy that is passed down like, you know, through the generations, through your kidney energy. And it's, you know, prenatal Jing. It's something that you come in with and that you're embedding into the child. So in this sense, we're not necessarily talking about nutrients, you know, like, well, I took that supplement, sure. so I'm have the high levels, but it's that robustness, you know, and we can like think of Jing as that like hundred year old guy, you know, that like had these bare hands that was like still doing stuff because it's just like wow you're just like so robust it's that energy and so what I noticed is that my because there wasn't as much chi and even though like so chi is like your everyday kind of like energy and I mean I don't even drink caffeine you know and it's like there is a lot of like chi and energy in plants but not the kind that builds that like robustness so I felt Jing being like pulled from like my kidneys and my energy where I just didn't have as much of that that depth and so it was like pulling from that and so when it's pulling from that that means that I'm not going to have it to pass on to my kids and it is a harder thing to rebuild this Jing uh, you can do it absolutely but it's it takes more time it takes like a lot of cultivation practices spiritually and a lot of like certain foods and so this is the type of thing in Chinese medicine where um, it, it gets lower and lower each generation. So it's like, I am vegan. And then I like, say, if I just continued and then I had maybe even a healthy baby, but then that happens. We don't see the repercussions of that until possibly a couple generations down the line where all of a sudden they're like weaker, you know, and they don't have as much energy. They're not as robust. And I'm a very like holistic longevity kind of thinker. It's just the way that. I'm yeah. I love that. And so I'm like, what is this? I'm, and it's like the seven generations, you know, principle. It's like, where, what am I doing? You know, in all the ways that I'm doing all the different kinds of spiritual work too, but what am I passing on energetically? Like with this robust energy and gene as well as nutrients, because we see the lack of it and we see the the uh, fullness of it generations to come. And that includes toxins, right? Like through the breast milk and stuff too. So that was a big part of it is I felt that robust gene, which I'm like in my mid twenties, like I should be like, you know, <laughs> like really thriving at that point. I felt that going down where I'm like, okay, I would not make it very long if I didn't, you know, if you didn't hand me my seaweed, I would be dead. Um, and that's just not a good place to be. <laughs> and so that that was a big um, shifter too, to really pass on uh, that good, you know, treasured inheritance of that robust energy, as well as like the supplemental nutrients, which is what we, I think, think of. It's like, I'm getting those. So then what's the issue? Sure. 
Yeah, I agree. I think in in general, people don't have a very long view of anything. It's more the attitude often, you know, in this case, like, oh, I had a vegan pregnancy and my baby's fine. And the baby's like nine months old. And it's like, great. But that's not really the biggest picture. And, you know, we all make our choices. So I don't know. I don't have any anything more to say about that. But the kidney, the kidney deficiency did kind of um, ring a bell for me as well. You know, even someone that has eaten animal products for pretty much my whole life, I've had some very brief uh, vegetarian stints. I'm just having the number of babies I've had depletes that kidney energy. So, you know, there's a lot of other factors in people's lives as well that maybe don't make it completely optimal to even conceive or to carry a baby to term. And food, in a way, is like the simplest thing, like the thing that sometimes we have the most control over, even though it's also like a religion. And that makes it really tough sometimes to, you know, get this conversation going in some cases. That's so true. And and it is, yeah, it is one of those things that we can, we do have control over in a good way. We, we can manage that. Um, and interestingly enough, like giving birth is one of the biggest gene outputs that a woman ever sure. does. So funny enough, you probably have like incredible gene because you like <laughs> been able to do that. Um, and then it, you know, starts to wane because of all of that. Um, so so that's incredible that you've done that. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, some days, some days it doesn't quite feel like all the jing is there. But uh, yeah, it's a constant effort for me to rebuild it as well. Like I'm saying, not just with food, but uh, with, you know, Chinese medicine, which I've always really resonated with, especially from this perspective, you know, years and years ago, um, just learning that that culture, lots of cultures really believe that animal products our health for women in their childbearing year. And I love what you said about the blood too. I think, you know, that that feels touchy maybe to some people that are are vegan or vegetarian, but just blood being our life force, you know, and, and maybe shifting the perspective from like dead animal to like that sacrifice, that sacrifice of life that like you're saying, uh, then goes into your life force. Because that's what blood is, you know, blood has such a bad reputation in a way, but um, that is life. Absolutely. And it, and there is something energetic to it because I, I had always kind of like uh, given a little bit of moon blood to the earth, you know, like most of the, my life. But I started doing this practice a couple of years ago where I gave like majority, like as much as I possibly could. And I did see and fully experience a correlation between the more blood that I gave, which is life force, which is energy, which is, you know, all of those things, the more that like energetically somehow it would come back to me. And after the moon time, I felt much more energized. And then there would be certain times where I couldn't, I was traveling or this or that, and I wouldn't feel as energized after the moon time. And so there is something deeper happening, you know, you've forgotten like that we're remembering Mm -hmm. um about these different levels of reciprocity that aren't just in the mind where it's like 
you know, these constructs that we've created. And some of them are like so valid and needed. And then some of them might not be as helpful. Mm. I love that. I'm going to try that next, next bleeding cycle. Um, Yeah, I just really resonate with that. You know, I've totally given blood to the land as well. I never thought about it, though, in terms of how much, you know, even if it was just a little bit, it's felt like the land really receives that. Like, I think that's something you can definitely feel. Not only is it life force, but it's like literally your own DNA connecting with wherever you're at. So, you know, I've used it like ceremonially or you know, just in a way of giving gratitude for that land and this life. Um, So that's really lovely to think that it's giving back energetically, you know, to your own, to your own energy as well. I didn't think. Yeah. And and it's one of those things that I didn't think of that either. And then it's like, well, that's, that's the nature of reciprocity and like balanced Mm. flow. You know, and then it like creates that remembrance that we are earth made out of her body. Um, those are our waters and then we drink waters and then there's certain earth and then we eat some earth again and, um, and all of that continues to nourish us. Yeah. It's crazier. I guess that it's crazy, you know, in some circles when that really is what I'm sure we did in our red tents. I'm sure we bled on the land and, you know, had that like you say, reciprocity going uh, rather than, yeah, like catching our blood and throwing it out and soaking it up and, you know, flushing it down the toilet. It's really, really so much more aligned to give it back. Absolutely. Rather than having So I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how we got on that topic, but. Well, and and I think it's like part of the, the cycles, like all the cycle aspects of woman, right? Where it's like, bleeding there's birth like and the bleeding i mean i have not given birth yet so i don't know but it does seem like there's these like preparatory like experience like where it's this mini cycle in like the 28 day cycle that then is like that that rhythm that then expands into the cycle of pregnancy and birth and it feels correlated because it's all connected to fertility you know and so um yeah it just feels woven for me Yeah. Yeah. I feel like such a light bulb went off, you know, just in the, yeah, in the taking in of blood as nourishment being a huge reason to consider that in this greater cycle, like you're saying of, of life, you know, because not only is blood life, but it's our power. So when people are afraid of blood, you know, like I think of postpartum hemorrhage or the situations in which blood becomes scary, um, yeah, it's often a giving away of our power in one way or another. So using food to build that up also somehow goes along with it, right? Like building our blood volume in pregnancy through really nourishing foods and organ meats then sets us up better to keep our blood after birth and to keep that life force. So, so cool. Absolutely. And, and of course, in tandem with plants, you know, there's just like, there's a plant for, I mean, I'm sure, you know, for every aspect of what is needed for a woman's hormones at any part of the cycle. And, uh, I did a woman's wellness herbalism course 
connected to like every aspect of a challenge that can come with birth. There's like a plant. So I think that too, like as, as women and as that kind of like wise woman, you know, ancient aspect of us that is connected to the earth. Uh, and in this conversation, we're talking about animals. We're, we're very connected to the plants too. And like all of them are allies. Um, and so I think for me in my journey, it's just been being inclusive of all of them and utilizing um, all of the support that we have and then doing our utmost to give back as fully as we can in reciprocity um, to that that we receive. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's the wise woman model that we talk about a lot as well, which is everything is on the table for a woman that is open to that and conscious of her choices and really aligned with what works for her. So I think that's always worth saying too, you know, it's like, this isn't a recipe for everyone to follow. Like this has been your experience. This has been my experience. Um, I do trust that women know best for themselves, but I guess, you know, there's also a lot of uh, programming around food and control and, you know, then you get into kind of like body image stuff and there's a lot of reasons, right? Like that women in particular, choose to eat the way they do. And I've seen women in pregnancy who, let's say, are vegan or vegetarian, and they are actually craving meat in all the ways. Like they're dreaming of it, literally dreaming of it. And for some of those women, they just kind of can't cross that threshold. And I've seen it the other way too. I've seen women like totally make a huge shift as you've explained, just because they knew they needed to. Um, but yeah, just as many that are like, yeah, I hear the craving, but like, I'm just not giving into that. I can't, I'm not doing that. It doesn't fit with my view of reality right now. Yeah. And I will, and I will say because I was raised vegetarian, Like I do see a correlation between me not having animals like growing up and having Mm. more of a capacity of like connection to spirit. I I do see a correlation. Mm -hmm. And then simultaneously, I didn't get certain nutrients. So my like, you know, I'm, I have my own like teeth stuff and mouth stuff. And so then it's like the physical aspect that's like, oh, I really could have used that breast milk. I really could have used those other pieces. Um, so, so for me, it's just that balance flow. Um, and so that listening is important because we, who knows what kind of souls are coming in that need certain things, you know, like I chose to come into a family that like, wasn't going to have meat and like, that was helpful for me, you know, and now I'm balancing out like the other physical aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, there's no picture perfect way in a sense to do it it feels like especially with children like we have chickens and my kids really love these chickens as pets so you know someone just asked us the other day oh are you going to kill any for meat and on one hand I think they're just too old for that but of course I'm kind of grateful like we don't want to kill our own chickens for meat so you know there's lots of Uh, tricky conversations in the modern world around how we do this in a respectful way and 
that that's what we are doing. Like <laughs> a handful of my kids over time, um, it's it's sort of sad, but like, you know, as young kids, they've been sort of horrified, right, to realize that that's what we're doing yeah. because we're not seeing it anymore and we're not killing our own animals and um, we're definitely removed from the process. So I totally can see why people choose not to. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's where I was at is like, because there's, it's disastrous <laughs> what humans are doing to the planet and animals and everything. Like I went into hyperdrive, like overcompensation where it was like, okay, then mm-hmm. I will make sure that I'm doing none of that, you know, and contributing in good ways and like, you know, low carbon, in, you know, footprint and organic clothing and, you know, like just doing as much all the ways yeah and then at the same time it's like my it's maybe not the healthiest path for me to overcompensate for a fundamental like corrupt and messed up distortion of the rest of humanity it's like i still am it's a lot you know that's too much to take on like for one person and i do feel that like as i've come back into balance and i am uh taking um, this like life force of animals in certain uh, aspects and ratios. Now um, I'm giving back more than I'm taking in different ways. You know, it's like, well, then if I'm going to be taking that life force, then how can I give in bigger ways? And that starts to get probably like controversial and tricky and stuff like that. But nonetheless, at least just for like my process, I'm like, okay, then I do need to show up more Then I do need to give more um, and, and mitigate my footprint energetically and physically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that is overwhelming at times as you're sharing, but I think what you're what you're doing makes sense, you know, we each are just responsible for ourselves in a way. I mean, at the deepest level of the choices we make and the intentions we have, right? It's it's not impossible to change the whole world whether it's birth or oh, government or food. Um so yeah, we're all just doing the best we can. Absolutely. So how about specific nutrients? Are you wanting to talk about that for people that are like, okay, well, what am I really missing? Like what's, <laughs> what's the deal here? I like your voice. What do you think? <laughs> your voice yeah. the- well, it's a doubtful voice. It's like, ugh, you know, uh, this again. And I don't know. I think food often feels like that for a lot of people it does to me even like there's there's the right way sometimes and the wrong way and everybody has an opinion about everything and you know at the end of it you've just got to choose but like nutrient wise tell us what what did you notice and all of that so obviously the whole thing like this is not medical advice i'm not anyone (laughs) (laughs) my podcast says that at the beginning so you're covered (laughs) um but i've done a lot of research and i've done a lot experimentation so that's that's where i'm coming from but let's um, hear it i mean it is the the a's the k's the omega-3s the like and the fat you know um Mm. the fat that really feeds the mitochondria which is like feeding the baby too and so it's like okay well i just like spot off spot off like those of course the b vitamins you know like lottie dotty dot like those ones the essential ones that we've heard about we know about um, and it, the, the theory in the head, you know, is like, well, I can just go take that supplement. And, um, there's a whole, I invite those that have that, uh, thought to go check out the root cause protocol. Have you looked? 
Cons protocol. Yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with with that whole. Yeah, thing. and it's an interesting kind of like counterbalance to just like supplementation, where it's like actually supplementation might be hindering. You know, where we're like, oh, I'm just going to go take the vitamin D that I'm not getting enough of, or something like that. And and it it's saying that that causes like other imbalances because we don't know how to regulate that. We're like, no, we're not God per se, you know. And that's why like these foods were designed you know, that we've been given like on this earth to take that are the perfect ratios and perfect things that we need. And so when we start supplementing, it can not assimilate the same way, um, you know, hormonal. Right. We have no idea, right? Like you have no idea how you absorb it, what your body does, how much you actually need versus another person, the quality of the supplement, like you could go on and on. Yeah. So that's, that's where I enter into the realm of like, okay, like going really back to connection with ourselves and with earth as the nutrients, you know, it's like, let me get into the sun and let me make sure that's yeah. assimilated. And I don't just wash it off with chlorine water. Cause that's like a big thing. Um, and then getting all of the nutrients, you know, where it's like, okay, well, you're saying fat, then I'm just going to go have a bunch of, you know, olive oil and coconut oil or something like that. And there's like these deeper things um, that I've just experienced in the in the fats. Like, for instance, you know, I was vegan. So forever. And I don't do great with lactose. And so I've uh, ate a lot of ghee. So I'm just like, I'm going to get ghee because I want the A and the K because I've been having like the, the mouth teeth stuff because of my lack of nutrients because of these certain things. And I can't stop like i i get like giant quart jars of ghee and my partner calls me the ghee monster because like it's <laughs> gone like he's like it's been three days like where is this stuff going and like like you're just like inhaling it because you want it so bad yeah wow and, and it just moves through me it's not even like sticking but it's just like whatever that thing is is like nourishing like on a super deep level um, and it's, yeah. and, and those things, particularly like those deep fats, cause like, I think the vitamins are just like talked about a lot, you know, it's like, okay, we know the A and the K, but those like deep fats for feeding the, the DNA and the mitochondrial like process, as well as the hormones is just essential. Right. So, um, yeah. I have a quick yeah. question. Sorry to interrupt right. you. Um, so as far as fats, I know as, you know, a pretty well-fed vegan that you were getting them through probably nuts and that kind of thing. So what about that? Like, what about people that are like, well, why isn't that good enough? Or, you know, I'm eating a shitload of avocados. Yeah, um, it's a good question. I mean, avocados, coconut oil, olive oil, We it, it starts to get tricky because then you like want to go to the seed oils, which vegan, non-vegan, like we have to watch out for that. Sure. Um, and then the seeds and nuts and even some in the grain category, it's like, okay, those are great, but are they sprouted? <laughs> like, are they like causing like, yeah, whole other can of worms. Yeah. There. So there's like whole can of worms there and we can do pretty well, uh, but it's not getting that A and K, uh, really, um, that the, that the butters give as well as the egg yolk gives. So it's mm, okay. the, you just, 
aren't going to get it in that same way. And it's like, well, it could say it on like the thing where it's like you are getting certain amounts or whatever it is, but that next level of, again, that is connected, I think, not just to the nutrient like levels, but to that jing, to that like robust uh, energy that is then also feeding the DNA. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And even just in my own experience, you know, that's sort of a classic uh, vegan pregnancy thing for most of the births that I've kept track of. And I have, I've kept track of every birth on a spreadsheet. So I'm not just making things up here. Um, But typically, you know, the vegan babies have been smaller, like there's just not the same brown fat on them. And just super basic that the fat we intake in our diet in pregnancy, even into the postpartum, is brain development. So even if you don't care about having a chubby baby, um, you know, brain development is super important. And then just anecdotally, I'll say for myself that like nuts are really hard. Like if I had to rely on nuts as a source of, um, you know, fats, like my personal constitution would not do it well. And I see that in pregnancy sometimes, you know, just digestive wise, that stuff like that is hard. And something like butter is so much easier for the system. Um, You know, it's, it's so easy. And it's uh, really simple to just put on everything, for example, and kind of get your fats that way. So butter. Yeah. And the, and the omegas, like, as we're talking about fat, you know, like you can get the three um, through certain like seed oils. Um, but you always want to make sure the ratio is like more three than six to keep that information down. Um, and then it's the marine phytoplankton, like, there you go. Like there's the vegan, like omega three, um, that you need. Um, and at the same time, there's like the inclusion of, for me, like, as I started to eat, uh, like Patagonia salmon, like really good, um, you know, high quality that isn't all the things like I know all the stuff going on too. Right, right. There's always, yeah, there's so, there's so much in it that just like completely turns on my, my brain, my skin and, um, and would be essential like for that next generation. And it is interesting. I won't say exactly who it is, but there's this family and there's one son that's from a different, uh, from a different, from my, from a different father. And then the other ones are from different family. So they're all brothers. They're all like the same, but they have different fathers. And one is getting the nutrients that he needs and he's growing and like, you know, no ADHD, no this, no that, just like really comprehensive. And then the other ones aren't eating like good food and they're having like yellow nine and like all the different things. And they're having like major behavioral issues, major developmental issues, um, and physically not actually like growing properly. And so I think it's one of those things where in the conversation, pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, post-pregnancy, this is like later on, but in our heads, I think we're like, yeah, they're eating, you know, or like I'm eating, I'm feeding myself, there's calories going in. And it's like, but the quality of those calories, uh, I think we're really seeing now with these kids, you know, as they're growing up in like this American like culture and stuff. Um, but we, we haven't seen the consequences fully, you know, of this. And so for me, it's really about quality in addition to like, say it being coming from a certain like, you know, animal product or something that is bioavailable, 
that the, it's the highest quality we can get so that um, it doesn't have all those other repercussions of, um, you know, the toxins or this or that. Um, but it really does make a difference. And I think that I, you're seeing it probably like you were saying on your spreadsheet with like even just the weight, for instance. But, mm-hmm. um, I'm seeing it around me with like people around me, like how well the kids are developing or how well, yeah, say women do in pregnancy. And so it's getting more obvious while at the same time it like might it could be easily bypassed. Sure. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like. I've been seeing it for years as well um, in children, you know, just having a lot of children and having, you know, them having friends and all of that and living in a place like Sedona, which is definitely, uh, you know, more inclined to veganism than here in Kentucky. I don't know that I've met one vegan here (laughs) yet. Um, So, yeah, just over the years, uh, having friends whose kids Uh, teeth were not doing well, you know, rotting out at age one or two. And I've spoken about this on other podcasts. Again, people don't always like to hear it. But, you know, it is what it is. And I guess we each can figure out where our responsibility lies and what we want to change. I mean, that's all that's all we can really do. And as a parent, certainly, you know, no one's perfect in a way like (laughs) you're going to do the best you can. And introducing foods like we're talking about earlier you know definitely has helped my kids like they've grown up on raw milk which i didn't you know i have to sort of force myself to drink it because i know it's good for my teeth and and all of that but they've been lucky enough to grow up on it so doing these things in pregnancy and passing them on uh yeah would be a great great place to start if not before like you are which i'm so happy about yeah I mean, it's just one of those things. And yeah, and the Chinese, like, there's a whole protocol. I haven't, like, seen what it is, but I've had friends tell me about it. Um, That's like a two to three year protocol that you do pregnancy, like, to fully, like, prepare. Um, It's like a whole thing, like, on all the levels. Um, And so I kind of, like, theoretically knew about that. And I theoretically know some of the things to do. And and it does feel like I've been on this track for about two years now uh, with the animal products. And it's just like, I'm entirely different. And my body is functioning entirely differently to where I I have more energy. uh, And I'm 35. I have more energy right now than I did when I was 25. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Speaks for itself. And you're a pretty energetic person, as you said. So I think that's a lot coming from you. Um, Any other like specific changes you would love to share about? In what? And I'm so curious. What respect? I mean, I guess physically, but you know, I'm sure there's other things that come in. Like there just have to be so many shifts that your body's experienced, like not just in energy, but yeah. The little things. I, I feel um, I've always had pretty consistent uh, and like good moon times, you know, like that's been mm. pretty good. But um, there's like a next level of like hormonal health that I feel where it's like the the waves of say like my estrogen cycle um, and like ovulation and like all of that just feels like times Stronger. or times ten where it's just like whoa, like the whole hormonal system is like really high operational in that sense. Um, And so that feels really good. So I feel like very vital, like in like the feminine aspect. 
Um, and then I also uh, sense, you know, like, like I said, physically, actually, like being able to do activities is like more resilient. Um, and then the ability not to have to like eat, you know, where it's like, oh, I missed a meal or something like that. It's just like, there's reserve. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and one of the, I think one of the biggest things, which it's more aesthetic, so that's why I don't really talk about it or care, but is that my ability to to maintain muscle. I mean, I was diligent, like calculating. I remember this about you. Yes. Like how much protein, you know, like getting, yeah. I was like trying, I was like, oh, can I get to like, you know, 60 or 70 grams in a day? Um, that was usually like the goal because I couldn't really get more than that. Um, and for me, I wasn't having soy, I wasn't having gluten. And so like, you know, those things that a lot of vegans use, I was like, those are out of the realm. Um, and so I would work, do my utmost to get the high amounts of protein and it was exercising, but I could never maintain muscle. Like we, like there was the joke at that time where I had like an inverted butt where it was just like, there just, it couldn't form, you know, like there wasn't like the material. <laughs> And so post that, even if I like, I'm not eating a bunch of, you know, protein or animal products, or I like, I'm not eating, you know, for many days at a time or whatever, and doing certain things, um, my ability to maintain muscle, just, it'll stay like, it just stays, Amazing. which feels really good. Um, and that's like a muscular thing, but I'm assuming too, that that's doing things like on the inter internal level, right? Like things aren't sure cold from that so. yeah yeah i mean you know not wasting away so to speak so how does one grow a baby when they can't keep uh weight and muscle on their own body it's a great question yeah you know yeah and one one thing i, I don't know if my, he'll want me to say this but my dad got really uh sick with covid and he mm. he's still well pretty much a vegan. So we, we turned vegan at the same time and he got very, very sick with COVID. And as a lot of people experienced, um, he lost it, it for him. He lost most of his hair, his head hair. He had like, long Oh, wow. Okay. And I, I've heard my like hair person said that that was like pretty common, like hair loss, like with sick mm. of COVID and stuff. But anyways, he lost almost all of it. And, and like was really bad. Like, in where, where he was at. And I like looked at him and I like saw his, like it extracting nutrients from his teeth, how sick that he got from, from COVID. And I was like, dad, you're not going to recover from this vegan. Like I just can see it in you. Like th there's just to come back from this would be like, cause it, it pulled from your organs. It pulled from your teeth. I can tell that it did. Um, and so I was like, I know you do not want to, but you're going to need to have organ you know, supplement, you know, just take some of the organs like, you know, once a day. And then I had him on this other supplement, Primadine. Um, and that those were like pretty much the main things. And within a year, all of his hair, he got all of it back and it's grown back thicker. Yeah. I bet. So there's just something like interesting on that, like uh, nourishing, like on a, on a deeper level where it's cumulative in a good way um, over time. Yeah. 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 That brings me to maybe one of the last questions, but have you experienced the remineralization of your teeth with the animal products or 
What's that looking like? I have. Um, I definitely have. I, it's just been a process and it's still a process. Sure. Um, but it is one of those things I got a dental implant because of, um, like a accident where my tooth got chipped when I was little. And so I had an implant put in last year or two years ago. And, um, for that, cause I really wanted it to take, you know, to make sure that the bone could grow around it. Um, cause it's my front tooth. I'm <laughs> like, I really want it to take. And so, yeah. um, I was drinking, which I couldn't, it was the first time I was like, I can never drink bone broth. That's disgusting. And I was like, that's the, like, that's the thing. So I was like, I really want this to work. So I drank bone broth every day and just like was helping it. And like the bone just like regrew around it and like it all got healed up. And I just remember like feeling, you know, I was like, oh man, if I was still vegan, like would it have took? And I, I just don't think it would have. You know, because I've heard about people having having that issue. Um, and so it's like if you're if you can't regenerate, like we need to be able to at least regenerate our own bodies, let alone the extra overflow generation to like build another body. Um, so it's just been interesting to observe and it's been humbling, you know, because I hadn't wanted to necessarily go in this direction and humbling also to see how far off I took myself for many years. Um, when it's like, I thought I was doing well for it, you know? Um, so it's been definitely a journey. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I bet humility is just such a huge part of (laughs) growing up in this world or something, you know, and just realizing all of it, what works for you and where each of us can do better for ourselves and not being ashamed or embarrassed to change paths when things aren't feeling good, you know, and that's such a great overall statement, right, for for life and for pregnancy as well. Um, There's time, even if you're vegan and even if you're pregnant and vegan, if you're still pregnant and your baby hasn't come out yet, it's not too late to just start to make some of these changes. Uh, how about that as a last question? What are just some simple ways maybe you'd encourage somebody that's curious about starting to take a step in that direction? I know you said it took you two years because of the enormity of it, but what would you, how would you counsel someone? Yeah. Um, where I started was with just taking it in supplement form because I couldn't actually conceive of having my mouth be a part of it. Um, and like the or, like the organ yeah, like supplements, organ supplements, and I think I the very first thing I started with because I think my hormones were a bit lower was uh, deer placenta, which was like the craziest thing to start with. But you know, it's Adam Devero recommending it. Yes, I was gonna say I, he has also pointed me towards deer placenta in the past. We have that in common. It's the most <laughs> ironic thing. That's like one of the things I broke with was with deer placenta. Um, yeah, the organ supplements is like it's the the quickest, the fastest, um, and like the most like easiest way of like incorporating it. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, I mean, whatever you can kind of like what, I mean, following kind of most people aren't going to have cravings because, or, or if they do, they can follow them. But if they don't, it's like a mental program hurdle yeah and so in that sense i was like okay then what's like the next best thing you know and so um for me i started with salmon because i was like i really want those 
those fats in there. Um, and so just a little bit of time, but it's really easy, like maybe even just like a little bit of, you know, the raw butter and uh, an egg yolk, like eggs, kind of like right. an easy incorporator that aren't so scary um, and aren't killing, like you're not eating like dead flesh too. So uh, I think sure. eggs and, and butter would probably be an easy soft entry as well. Mm, yeah. Eggs and butter. It's the recipe for success. Yeah. <laughs> have you had, I'm sure you have, but like other cravings that have come in, you mentioned the ghee, but I'm just curious, kind of like once you get your body in line with that and you're open to it, like what else are you really wanting? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting too, because it goes between like, um, at first, uh, also because I've wanted to only be, be doing like regenerative animals you know like there's this bison company like on the east coast that like sages the gun does a ceremony shoots them at a distance you know regenerative like so i've wanted to only do like the highest quality and so i was i started out eating only like pretty wild animals wild bison and (laughs) wild salmon and like venison and stuff because i was like i just want wild regenerative and at a certain point like it was too wild like for like my body system, it was like, okay, I need like a cow that's like. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, the, I feel like the wild stuff is so, it can be so intense in its, in its flavor. It is. Yeah. And it, me, it was anyway. the energy actually that got too. Mm, got it. It was like too wild. Um, <laughs> you just needed a, a nice backyard cow like we have. Here. Yeah, exactly. A nice backyard cow, just casual. Um, but for the most part, I would say that. <laughs> Um, you know, it's really just the, the red meat on like moon time. I definitely like that's, that's a craving that's strong and the ghee and then, um, the wild, like regenerative salmon, like those, like that after I eat like that, I'm just like, yes. And part of this is the ancestral foods too, which goes back to the root cause diet and stuff is it's like, what were my ancestors eating? You know, not just like, what did the ancestors eat? You know, my ancestors were eating bison. You know, they were having cow and dairy too, but they were, most of them were Celtic Isles. They were eating salmon. They were eating fish, you know? Um, Mm. And that starts to get like dicey on the quality and those different pieces and, um, you know, how they they farm and stuff. But um, yeah, those would be like the biggest things. Like, Like even right now for me, salmon, like my order hasn't come yet. And I'm just like, where's the salmon? So, um, yeah, I need to, I need to know your source and maybe everybody does, unless you don't want to share it because I won't eat seafood here either. I mean, it's just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and doesn't appeal to me to eat seafood in a weird landlocked place, but I love it. And yeah, my heritage is such that I would have been eating it all day long too. So I must find out. Yeah, I mean, Patagonia Provisions is like the main place. Uh, you don't, it's already like okay. pre-cooked and stuff, but like they do some, you know, it's like the best that can be done, like from. The best that can be done. That can yeah. be done. Uh, so that's like my main place for, for salmon and for a lot of like the regenerative animal products. It's like, that's like a pretty safe vetted space to, to begin with. And they have, I think, I, I haven't ventured into the like, other seafood i'm like scared of it but like i think mussels <laughs> and like all of the other oh man stuff too. 
Yeah, I could live on that stuff, man. When I went to Hawaii, I would just eat seafood all day, every day, and I was so happy, and my body felt so good. Um, just like the minerals and the seawater, and you know, it all, it all is so yummy. So that's amazing. Well, I'm glad to have that source, and I'm so glad to have had you here today to talk for at least a little bit. I'm sure we could talk for hours. Uh, but any last last thoughts you want to leave everybody with and or how to reach you? Because I'm sure people will. Yeah. Uh, last thought is like just being so freaking kind and compassionate to yourself and your process, like whatever that is. Mm. Um, and really like honoring all the things like that you feel intuitively to do and also the programs and even not knowing which is which. Like So just being really kind, I think, would be um, the main takeaway. Um, and it all is for like a reason on the journey and like has its place. So, um, that's my takeaway there. And then to, I love it. to find me, um, YouTube and podcast and website, all my name, Bridget Nielsen, but YouTube and podcast are like my main, um, mediums of sharing. And then, um, yeah, I do in-person stuff in like Sedona and other sacred sites and stuff. So those you can find me in person as well. Yeah, I will definitely include those links. And I'm so excited Amelia gets to hang out with you this summer on your Irish trip, English trip, Scottish yeah. trip, all of the Yeah, above. Marin's daughter's coming. She, she came with me and just went with wild dolphins when she was 12, <laughs> which is like... I'm yeah. so happy she did that. And now she's a grown woman and is going to come, yeah, on my retreats in the Celtic Isles. So, yeah, she is so excited. And I was sharing with someone the other day that she was going and just how, how thrilled and honored I am that you are in her life and that you are the one to take her to these places because that trip to Hawaii when she was 12. Uh, you know, like changed her life in the ways that it did and made her excited to be a world traveler like you are. So there's no no one better I'd rather she go with. And I can't wait to hear about all of it. The sacred sites, the experience, the food. You guys are, I'm sure, going to have an amazing time. So thank you for looking out for of her. Of course. Yeah, she's, she's just a joy. So it makes it really easy. <laughs> making, I mean, you're just an awesome woman. And then you just like made a bunch more of you. So thank you. <laughs> so we can have a bunch of you guys around as well. Oh my gosh. Well, best compliment ever. I'm so uh, happy to know you in this life, Bridget. Thanks for the really, really amazing talk. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Marin. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch you soon. <laughs>